0: This is AfterBuzz TV for Desperate Housewives. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest Desperate Housewives news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues... It's After Buzz TV for Desperate Housewives. Hello,
1: hello, everybody. This is Roxy Stryer speaking, along with Sarah Stretton. Hello. And in the booth, our lovely DJ Jesse Janity. What up? Who actually watched with us, so we will be getting his input as well. And I think we also have Heather calling in, so somewhat full house kind of maybe yeah next week Derek Shore will be with us yes of course um I just like before we start to say right before we went on air Sarah turned to me and said do you think you'll be a desperate housewife are you kidding me did you ask me on purpose right before we went on so I couldn't yell at you (laughs) what is that
2: I don't know. It just popped in my head. And I was thinking about things. And I know you're not going to be a desperate housewife, actually.
1: No, I will not be a desperate housewife. I will be wonderful, awesome, amazing, non-desperate housewife.
2: What will that make you?
1: Not housewife at all, actually. Just wife. Um, That will make me... Well, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. M- most similar on the show. Who am I most similar to? Oh, that's so difficult. I don't even know. I- I'm we'll have de- to think about this as we th- we... We can think about it. Okay. So we, we see a lot in this episode. I loved the episode.
2: It was a great thing to start off the season, bring everyone
1: back. Yep. Yep. It was very full circle as you were pointing out most episodes are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually ends, the episode ends where we pick up the very first episode of the very first season, which is a very interesting way because as we know, this is our final season.
2: No, oh, so it's like, welcome to the end. Yeah. Or welcome to the end episode.
1: But it was funny as hell. This episode had me with shivers from the first scene and then laughing my ass off at the very end.
2: They did so, exactly, they did a great mix of just like the laughs mixed with anxiety, mixed for like what is going to happen next. Right. And they sandwiched it all to leave you with a really happy feeling, but some really
1: questionable situations. Mm-hmm. I feel like so much happened that I kind of need to be reminded as this episode's going through, so let's try to just go almost situation by situation right now on screen we see it opens up with them burying juanita i mean um gabby's juanita, juanita gabby's husband i mean uh father all, all my words are messed gabby's up. gabby's father, father. M- mr gabby older. Whatever. I don't, I don't think we ever. I don't even know learned his, his name. name. I don't think we learned. It's it. just
2: Gabby's dad, the who she, dad,
1: mm-hmm, who, who was
2: abusive and um, stalking, her. molested her as a child. Yeah, and then came back to stalk her. And then we got the impression at the end of last season that he was going to take advantage of her again. At this point, uh, Carlos hit him on the head with the candlestick. Right. We were left with him dead on the floor. No, dead in the box. Oh, yes. Because people had come over for dinner. Yes, dead in the trunk. Yep. And then we picked up with them carting him off as a group of
1: friends into the woods. Yes, we did. And then we see them make a pact that they're not going to tell anybody. Well, the phone rings in the grave. Phone rings and one of them yells at the other saying... I thought you checked his pockets. Oh, my God, this is going to get back to us. They have a little conversation about it, and they figure out that they're not going to tell anybody what's happened. Mm -hmm. They're going to dig all the dirt back in and let the grass grow over. Sarah, do you want to put in your two cents about the grass? I just
2: have to put in the two cents real quick. The CGI on the grass as it grew, like they showed twice, is horrible horrible. It's literally like someone drew some little lines of like green highlighter marker like on top of the brow. And,
1: and so unnecessary.
2: Why? Why did they do that? Why didn't they it's just use... It's so easy. Use... Just film another plot of grass. You
1: Use fake grass. Film another plot.
2: Why? Film it before you dig it. Lazy? I don't... I'm not, not thinking.
1: Not thinking.
2: Not like, knowing where the episode was going to go when they actually
1: like... Put all the dialogue together. But whatever, not that big of a deal. That was my least favorite part of the episode, so to say that is a big sign. So we see them make this pact, and then the rest of the episode, as it unfolds, we see what a secret does to a group of friends.
2: And what it does to an individual. And
1: what it does to an individual, and how a real secret like that can really tear away at somebody.
2: In all all different ways. And they really took each woman and each woman's relationship and took almost every way that you can deal with a situation and applied it.
1: It's completely a concept that any person can relate to what a secret will do. And no, you don't have to have had murdered somebody or be an accessory to murder, but anybody who's ever had a secret knows what it does to you at night, what it does to you in the morning, what it does to your best friend at night, what it does to your best friend in the morning. And everybody deals with it differently, and like you're saying, they they really hit the nail on the head here, getting all the different versions of how people deal with it. You know, we see Bree, who is this Person who, I hate to say it, but has done this a time or two before. Maybe not this exact situation, but she has skeletons in the closet. She's she's buried, and she has has done things mm-hmm. she's not proud of. And she knows how to get it done. She says, "The hardest part is over. Now let's put the dirt in and let's move on." However, she does at the end. She well throughout the
2: episode. I thought she kind of has these little snappy moments. Which honestly seemed a little fake to me where um, she'd be with the detective and he would be like, oh, I found a dead body. And she'd be like, oh, drop the kitchen. Drop the chicken. Yeah. What am I doing? Oh, really? Oh, what do you mean? Oh, you don't have to worry about that. Oh, stop. And it's, it's like that really like hyper like, yeah. what is wrong with you? You are not normal. Yeah. And so she did that. Yeah. Throughout the episode. So she was really composed at the dig site, like stone cold, scary, murderous face.
1: I mean, shivers. I was sitting there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Scary. Creepy.
2: But Scary. then like she gets back to the lane and it's like those little like, oh, I'm going to try and cover it up by my voice getting really high and me going,
1: oh, goodness. No, we don't need so to. So do that. you mean fake it a good way or do you mean Marsha Cross wasn't doing her job?
2: Mm, I just remember this one point where they were in bed and it was her and the detective and he mentioned uh, how her friends like didn't like him. Oh yeah. Um yeah, yeah. like part of it just seemed a little fake in a bad way, like bad acting standpoint, but then the rest was good. It was just like a little couple moments of like, oh, I have to gasp here type
1: thing. Yeah, stage directions tell me to gasp, stage directions tell me to drop knife. I know yeah. what you mean. I think but for- that's so hard to I was do. gonna say, I think for the most part she really does kill it. She does an awesome job, and I think her character has I would say, arguably the most sides to her. You know, there is that stoic, mm-hmm. there is that sexy She's kind of changed yeah, a lot. She's had the biggest character arc for sure. She's she's all over the true. place. So it it's hard. You know, when they And acting surprise when
2: someone tells you to act surprised is probably one of the hardest things to do. Right. In my and opinion. and
1: when she was originally cast, this was not what she was cast for. You know, and she's really had to grow as an actress. And I think she does as good of a job as you could expect her to do always and most times better. And she was originally cast for what was it? No, I'm saying not. It, she was cast for this frigid bitch kind of, yeah, thing, which is not who she's developed,
2: developed into. Developed
1: into, okay. Right. So I'm just saying she she really has done a a pretty good job yes. shaping herself and and you know this sexy um, neck biting character that we see on screen right now is not who we usually see her as. You You're right.
2: Seven or seven years ago now. Yeah. It's, this is the AC. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, seven so years it ago. was definitely a different person.
1: Yeah, no PDA out of the question. We never would have seen her in bed, you know. So she's dating a cop. She thinks she's sexy. She talks about sex all the time. It's weird. It's awesome. I think she's doing a pretty good job. But anyway, enough raving about the actresses because I love all of them so much. Um, so I think, yeah, we're, we're moving on as it's going to how Gabby is dealing with this and how Carlos is dealing with this. Carlos being the only male character. Who knows? Yes. And the only reason he knows is because... He did it. He did it. So they're very they're dealing with it very separately. On the one hand, you have Gabby, who problem solved. She was staying up at night. She was worried about this man. She didn't know what to do with herself, and she's haunted by him, and now he's gone.
2: Mm-hmm. And now her main concern is keeping everyone else's mouth shut. And right. that's how she's, like, transpond whatever she's thinking. It's now... I just have to make sure everyone's on my page.
1: She's not even thinking really about her own emotions. She's thinking, let's do this. This is how we get this done. Nobody else can know. Protect my family. Protect my husband. Protect my friends. That's what she's thinking. Mm -hmm. Carlos is thinking, I'll never be, I I don't know how I can forgive myself. I don't know how God can forgive me for what I did. And this is a huge issue. Is what he did wrong? I, I don't know if, if. Could technically be considered self defense because it,
2: he was. I definitely think it actually would be considered uh, self defense if the they court, actually said something. Yes. Okay. Um. Completely. I mean, he, she did because I mean, from whole backward, like Gabby did tell people when she was younger, like she told like the nuns or whatever that she was being abused and they didn't believe her. And then she re-approached the subject later, like before, like last season or the season before.
1: The last talked, season,
2: yeah, she talked to them. So they've already established that he was abusive and hurt her. Like that's already been like put in the open, and other people know it outside of their family. So it's not like it's something popping out of the blue if you're going to say, "Oh, I was afraid that he was going to do that again," because he already right, did
1: it. But he, what he was not trying to do was kill her. And that I think that is the only thing that technically can be considered self-defense for murder. I think it has to be in a... In a I think climber. sexual
2: assault can, too. You do?
1: I, I would know. assume so. Jesse,
2: Do you have any do you, idea? Do you know? Like, I feel like that's totally... At least if, in my book, that's completely fine for you to d- defend yourself yeah, if someone's trying not to... Not defend
1: like, yourself. Defend your spouse if somebody's oh, trying yeah. to sexually well, assault That's, them that's them
3: what I, I was actually watching this i was saying to myself why didn't they go the route of self defense because she had already remember when she that episode last season when she went back was it back yeah to and home? confronted yeah, yeah she
2: went home and she confronted the nuns who knew say, what she did yes
3: yeah. and this is the same guy right yes so it's like she had a past with it she confessed and dealt with it in the past and she knew another incident was going to right. happen I do believe that you're allowed self-defense of your family, um, and yeah. I believe this happened in her house. Yes,
2: yeah. he broke in. Are
3: you ki- like like that's breaking what- and entering? So I actually wanted to ask you guys this while we we're watching, but we were like, there was no time to because this episode was amazingly <laughs> written. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, what? Why didn't that pop in their head, or why didn't they go about that? Why?
2: We questioned this last season at the finale, and basically, like, they convinced themselves that—what um, what was it? They were having, like, the dinner
1: party. Well, Carlos has been to jail before. Yes. And I I think that they, they just weren't sure. They weren't sure if it would be— canceled. Yeah, and then they,
2: like, went on, and then, like, they made the whole comment at the— grave site, which was, oh, well, how can we explain shoving him in a trunk and going on and eating right. cheesecake and then bur- bring him out here? And so, but I think it got a little glossed over last season with, oh, he's going to go to jail or what's going to happen, like, because they
1: have witnesses. And I think it would have been completely plausible. The only thing that they said, I think Susan said last season after he murdered him and she walked in, she said, I'm sure you'll be fine. We'll call it self-defense. And Bree says, we don't know if that's possible. We don't know if that's what they'll say. And that was all Desperate Housewives did to explain why it wasn't self-defense.
3: I mean, it was in the moment and uh, for her character to go back and say, you know what? We could find this nun and have her confess. That's like, Yeah,
2: it's obviously a lot of thinking, a lot of emotion, like which definitely happens.
1: Definitely. But for me, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough of an explanation. It works because it's TV and, okay, I'll, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. But I wanted a little more. Like, Carlos had a history or something.
2: Li- at least at this point, it's like what, what I meant at least. is like you just kind of accept it and go where they go from now.
1: Yeah. You know, like. I'm not going to dwell too hard. Okay? Yeah. I, I know what you mean. So, I, I guess that's why. But, okay, and, and not in the opinion of the law. Because I guess we don't really know for 100% sure in our opinion, is murdering somebody who is horrible and trying to sexually abuse your wife acceptable? Yes.
2: Well, I, I I don't know if you'd have to, like, absolutely murder them, but if you, like, tried to defend them, like, you, like, say you hit them over the head with something just to try and get them off, like, yeah, I think that's completely acceptable.
1: Carlos was way younger than Gabby's dad. Way stronger. There are a million things he could have done to to pull her off, him off of Gabby. True, but instead he grabbed an object, assault with a deadly weapon, and hit him. Was was that just because first thing he thought was my husband, my wife is getting assaulted. What do I do? And grab something? Or do you think he thought I'm going to kill this guy?
2: I think you kind of just react to the moment. I mean, if it was a real situation, like, or, like, real life, like, you never know what the person has. Like, they could have a knife, they could have a gun, whatever, whatever. I think you just try and do the best you can to, like, help the people you love. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't think it's right to, like, oh, I know you're defenseless. I'm going to, like, hold a gun to your temple. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? But to do whatever you can like in the heat of the moment i just feel like that's kind of like forgivable and i i feel like it's completely acceptable to
1: stand up for the people who like who are going to be wronged and who you care right. about and then eventually we see gabby turn to carlos and say you know what you you took away a life but you absolutely saved one too true and and that's valid
3: i want to ask you guys this yeah. as far as friendship goes Do you feel it was right of Carlos and... um, Gabby. um, Gabby. Do you feel that it was right for their...
2: Friends to get involved?
3: For them to have allowed it to get this deep. Like, do you hold them accountable for anything as far as that goes? Because it's almost like it's ripping these people apart. And I understand, you know, Gabby keeps saying, think of me, my family, my husband... He was doing it to protect her. And that that I totally understand. I i totally get that part of it. Right. But I mean, to the point of like, now we're taking a car. We're touching all these different things. We're, right. We're just building up a case even Against worse. Against them. Where uh-huh, now, yeah. it, how are you even going to try to promote that it was
2: Well, the, it's accident. just that slippery slope. The moment you decide not at that first second to report it, you just start going down that road where every single thing you do is a planned action well
1: I, I i agree in some senses but what was not in the control of gabby and carlos was that their friends walked into the house because there was a dinner party so the friends knew that carlos killed them but what gabby and carlos did pull all the friends along for was the actual process of what happens next but Bree kind of volunteered that yeah yeah they i'm not saying they they pulled them and and it was a hard pull but they they let them come they let them join yes i don't know how far a friend should go how responsible a friend is at that point when i i agree with you that i don't think that carlos was in the wrong so as a friend do i how far do i go i don't i don't really know i'm I guess I'm just rephrasing Jesse's question. <laughs>
2: but then you get, but then and I go back to the same answer because then you get the exact same situation because it's all about that first step. So when Bree said, "Let's go do this," and all of them went and dragged the body out, they already put themselves in a bad position, right? Because from that point on, should they have done that? Um, no. If they were smart about this, they should have gone to police. They didn't do anything no, but wrong. if
1: Gabby and Carlos said. This is what we're doing. Should the girls have said, okay, let's help, or should they have said, okay, we're going to close our eyes, walk out, distract everybody else, come back, do your thing? Um, I think they should have just been like... Uh,
2: I mean, if they knew that their friends weren't going to tell, right, and they agreed not to tell, I mean, that's doing something, but it's not horrible, horrible, I guess. Yeah. I don't think it's as bad. I don't think it puts them as bad of a position as dragging the body out. So if they just went we're gonna leave and just walked out right then and they could definitely say like we don't know what happened
1: so you don't think that it was the friend's responsibility to help carry out the burial no but it was their responsibility to not tell anybody um
3: i i understand that is that where you were going sir? like
1: kind of it's like just like the whole thing like
2: if if i was in the situation if like i had like my whole thing i would have been like Tell your friends to tell the police. Like, don't. But if I had to choose between, if my options are don't say anything and go drag the body out, I say don't say anything. Yeah. If my options are convince them to tell the police, don't say anything and drag the body out, I say convince them to tell the police. Right. In this situation, because it's like they didn't do
1: anything wrong. I I have to say, as much as I agree that that is the full responsibility of the friend, that the friend does it does not make a friend any better or any worse for how far they go past not saying anything. I don't. I don't know what I would do. I, I feel like I'm the kind of person who gets very carried away with things, and I want to help everybody all the time. and And wa- watching that situation, I don't know if I would be able to remove myself. If they said we're going to go drive to this place and bury and whatever, I don't know if I'd be able to say okay. Okay, just don't tell me. I don't want to hear.
2: Most people would feel just as much guilt, not um, even knowing.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I I don't know how far responsibility versus what I would do versus what you should do in that situation. It's hard. It was a good, solid question. You
2: thanks, Jesse. Look at over there. It's like the new philosopher of Aftermath. No, Mm. I
3: want to say because watching this. I mean, I watched this with you guys last season, Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: Mm -hmm. it was
3: entertaining. And so to know parts of the story and the, putting the pieces together to watch this episode, I, I personally just think they... I've never seen past seasons, but I just think from last season to this season, the writing oh, yeah. was incredible oh, yeah. this, this tonight. I uh, think...
2: I'll th- oh, keep going, Jesse. Well,
3: and just, I'm just going to say, it was just so seamless. Yeah. You know, like with their stories last time, it was kind of like, uh, like when uh, Susan was going through her like... I'm gonna die situation. Mm-hmm. There were so many, like, stretches that we just kind of had to believe in it. Mm-hmm. This, I, it was so... There were yeah. there was that, but it was seamless.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I think that part of that also does come from, like, at the end of last season, they didn't know where the show was headed. Right. They didn't know if they were going to have to tie everything up right away or if they were going to have three seasons to carry it out. Like, this season, I feel like the ladies and the staff and the writers... Really have the opportunity to not only wrap up this whole series that's been such a hit, but also all the women can like band together because I, I I imagine that they're all friends because I love the show. But like, you mean all the actresses? Yes, and like when you have that communal thing, like I feel like everything all goes better.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, it, it's about the writing, it's about the acting and the timing, and it's about the people. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I think it just it. Like you're saying, it just went so it was like boom, 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 like everything just it flowed, which made me anything that was questionable about plot made it okay for me. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, it's like I feel like they know where they're going.
1: Yeah, they they have a complete plan for this for the season yeah. and to wrap up the show, or so it seems. Hopefully, every episode will be a knockout like this one. You never know, though. Well, I mean, my fingers
3: are crossed. The, it also, so I don't know if you guys have watched this show called Pretty Little Liars.
2: Yes, we've seen it.
3: This kind of plays on the fence with that storyline. So, you
2: mean Pretty Little Liars plays on the yeah, fence whoa, of Desperate Housewives? Oh, well, no, no, I'm about Respect the, the no, no, elders.
3: I'm talking about the murder. I know, but this
2: started with that was the first plotline of Desperate Housewives season one.
3: Oh, somebody. Yeah,
2: somebody
1: the, yeah. So the voiceover is somebody who was murdered. The person who's oh. talking with somebody who was
3: murdered. And the girls have covered and, it up.
1: Uh, yeah, and it's been covered up and figuring out who murdered and what happened and everything and where the body went. And that was the whole, like, Paul
2: Young storyline
3: How long—I I just want to get a, a grip for this season. How long did that whole, like, they felt guilty like, carry on for? Because that's what I don't um, want to see with this I season.
1: think it played out for— Almost four seasons, maybe? Like, oh, and it was a little different, though. It was more of... Um, because
2: the woman who was killed in the the overriding monologue mm-hmm. wasn't killed by the actual women. She was killed by someone else who lived on the lane. Okay. And the women had all been friends with her.
1: Well, no, she was killed by Paul Young.
2: Yeah, I'm saying she wasn't killed by it. Like, l- she right, she was killed, killed-, killed by another man who lived on the lane. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I was saying that she was friends with the women. Yeah. So that's a little different. But... Desperate Housewives have always had the murders in their suit, in their show, so we had it first.
3: All right, so the, it, it, I, we I'll give it to Desperate Housewives, but what I don't want to <laughs> see that irks me with Pretty Little Liars, and I'm probably gonna get so much hate mail for that. <laughs> um, is the fact I don't want to see it, I don't want to see like someone's like stalking the girls now, and we're getting notes, and we're getting death threats, and
1: Yeah, you eventually want to see acceptance of what they've done and how to move on from there.
3: Well, and here's the thing. I I mean, ideally, because you love the girls, you don't want anything bad to happen to them. But the way they played this episode with the funny and the anxiety, it's almost like I don't know where they could really take this. Yeah, they really might just say, you know what? Let's just screw. Let's just really like take this show on a twist.
1: That's what I was thinking. You know, we know this is the last season, so nobody has to come back. We don't, none of these characters have to come back. They could really do whatever the hell they want kill whoever they wanted, send whoever they want to jail, have people flee the country. They could do whatever.
2: I think they're just all not going to live on Wisteria Lane at the end.
1: Yeah. They all have to move. There is no more Wisteria Lane. A big bomb goes off, the world ends. Maybe. That one. I'm picking. Oh, but now we're getting into predictions. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. So before we get too far behind, what's going on? So we saw, um,. We have a new neighbor. We do have a new neighbor whose name we did not learn this episode. Whose accent is what country? I don't know. He's and he's sort of sexy. Sort of when he first walked up, I thought
2: he was like Latin or something. And then he's like And then he sounded like Turkish. <laughs> <laughs> and then he had like blue eyes and I was like, "Are you from like it was weird. Yeah,
3: but I, I he's, tell you. He's actually from the TV show V, which I Right, love I watched.
2: I love
1: V.
3: And I like his character on that. I actually think he's more attractive. Does he have
1: yeah. the same accent? Way more attractive.
3: No, no, no. He has a different accent.
1: Different. That's why when he came on and then he started speaking, I was like, oh.
3: Yeah. I don't know. So I know. think it was like a fake. It sounded almost like a fake Australian accent. Austra- yeah, it
1: was weird. Yeah. yeah, but there was like a weird. Then like Eastern European slipped. I, yeah. could, I didn't know. I didn't know. But yeah, he um, is a weird guy, but he's a weird guy who they're trying to make sexy who rejects Renee. And
2: had a great entrance to the show. I just want to say that real yeah. quick. Um, the way he was introduced was they were like, ooh, new neighbor, nice car. And he's definitely Rich, single. single, yeah. Perfect. And then Gabby goes on about like all the nasty things she like to do to him as he walks up behind awesome. her. And I
1: thought it was hilarious. It was awesome. And then introduces herself as Susan Delfino. Yes. Which was unbelievable. So Gabby. But about this uh, introduction, this is really the only scene that Renee really takes part in. And I noticed that I thought that this season... They were going to put her into the intro, and they didn't, and they didn't. So, they're not considering her one of the girls. She's not part of the pact. She wasn't at the burial. She doesn't know about the murder. She is the outcast on the lane.
2: Yeah, she made it exactly. She made it in two scenes. Yeah. The first one, all the ladies were part of, and the second one was her trying to seduce this new man, Yeah, and it failed, and Lynette was in the background.
1: Yeah. So, So I wonder why... I wonder if she's, they're trying to weed her out and she's not as important this season or if they're just trying to stick to the original crew uh, minus Edie.
2: Yeah, that's you, what I
1: was thinking, kind of. That they're just trying to keep it back? Because I know if anybody watches Entourage, um, this last season, we added a new person, who is Scott Lavin, who was thrown in the mix with all these guys, and there was a lot of mail saying, what the hell? You can't just add in... I mean, he didn't. He wasn't added this season. He was added last season, but became huge this season. Involved, and everybody's like, "What the hell? We don't want that. We want the original crew." Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm kind of happy they didn't completely add Renee into this mix.
2: Yeah, because she is a great asset to the show. Oh, she's great. But when I do think of the ladies, personally in my own mind, like she's
1: not part of that the crew. Yeah, and and they've embraced her, but she doesn't. She hasn't made it to the level where she deserves to know the secret. Mm-hmm. agreed and and they didn't tell her so and they didn't add her to the intro and, and that does
2: leave possibilities as well that one of
1: the ladies on the lane doesn't know and how she feels if she finds out and wasn't yes. included and blah blah blah
2: and what her reaction is and all of that
1: right but th- this this Rene tangent originally started with the neighbor so new neighbor why, why are they doing that why are we introducing a new guy onto the lane is this a new potential love interest for Lynette I guess that's kind of predictions, but I don't really know. I don't know. I was
2: a little confused with just the housing situations going on the lane. I mean, he
1: obviously got a new house, which is whose house? I don't know because we have Tom Scavo not in some attic. It looked like a barn. (laughs) I wasn't really sure. It's blue. It was blue. Um,
2: You've got um, you've got. I'm. I'm just Susan. You've got Susan back in her house, which was Paul's house. So Paul's gone.
1: Then who else's house? Uh, How big is this lane? I don't know. But who who left? I'm trying to think who left. Do you remember the couple? Not the couple. The people who came on, and they were hiding somebody in their garage. Yeah. Uh, The blue Um, house. I think was that house. But I don't know who moved in after that.
2: I don't know. They have to give me some geography pointers. I want to know who's staying with who and whose house is what, because I'm a little confused. We but, needed
1: a little description on the bottom of the screen.
3: And I'm, ju- I'm just throwing it out there for what I do. Remember, I um, <clears throat> I'd mentioned to you guys, maybe um, her husband is living with the older couple in which there's two sons. Taking sh-
2: over their land. But yeah. the sons at least had rooms while they lived there. I was, That's like, true. up in
3: the attic on, like, a couch. But the, it, and, but, um, when, the only thing that I, I did think about that, and he, the attic has a separate entrance, though. True. So it's almost like he doesn't have to disturb them. Very true. Yeah. That's the only thing I could kind
1: of... Yeah, I, I don't know. That but, Yeah, I was confused about that. I didn't really care that much in the first episode that they explained it all, but as we go on, I think they're going to need to explain what's going yeah. on.
2: Agreed. Agreed. But... So we have the new we have we got the new guy last season who's the detective. Right. And so in this season we've got Bachelor with the giant fish.
1: Whose name we are yet to learn. Like. With the weird accent. With the weird accent. So interesting. Know, we'll call him Weird Accent. For now. For now. We'll figure it out. Okay. But so speaking of who we had last season, we get this new detective who has caused quite a bit of issues for Bree and Gabby and the stick shift car. So We find out that the new detective, his name is Detective Vance. Yes. Detective Detective Vance. Vance Finds, figures out some murder mystery because of the person who was murdered's car.
2: Who had a bunch of tickets on it. So obviously it hadn't been touched in a while.
1: Which was very clever of the writers. That was clever. I was not thinking about that at all. That's why I'm not a writer. Anyway. (laughs) So we see him. Um, telling Bree the story. Lightbulb goes off in Bree's head that they don't know where Gabby's dad's car is. They're walking down the street. They're using the clicker. They find the car. It's got flyers on it. It's dusty. They're like, okay, we got to take this car and drive it and put it in a bad part of town. It's a stick shift car. Gabby says one time she drove one in college when she was drunk. She's not driving it very well and boom. I have a question. Have you ever driven a stick shift car? No. Jesse, have you ever... Is it that hard?
3: Um, yes. I, okay. If you don't know what yeah. you're doing, okay, that's like a little, that was a little much. Because okay. you would go a little bit further. Because so I've
2: never driven a stick shift, and I was like, but is yeah. that what yeah, would happen would only, to me? that would only
1: happen when you were trying to change gears, which...
2: Yeah,
3: and you would, she would probably, like, strip the, the gears. Yeah. Um... But it is, it is difficult, because you have to do, like, three things at the same time.
2: Gotcha. Sorry, that was, like, a logistic question, but I was, like, sitting there wondering, like... How difficult is it?
1: Well, I've been in cars with people who are, are driving stick who are trying to learn, and you stall out all the time like that. But I mean, obviously, it's exaggerated, but yeah. we, I could not just get in a car and drive stick.
2: Yeah. I don't expect that. I just like really two inches. So it's yeah. just it is an exaggeration. Yeah. Great. So continue. So,
1: any, anyway, we end up with the detective trying to be a good guy, offering to drive the car, and they're going to Aunt. Sally? Uh, Sally? Shelly. She- Shelly? Sally?
3: Shelly?
1: I think it was Shelly. I think it was Shelly. Aunt Shelley's
2: Something. She's fake anyway, That's, so her name doesn't matter. Yeah,
1: but they're going to some some aunts. And... It's completely made up. Made up. Luckily, or... Uh, Unluck- or unluckily. Ironically. Uh, ironically, Gabby gets out of the car because she pretends to be chewing tobacco and needs to vomit. And the detective gets out to help her, and Bree's sitting in the car, and she gets, the car gets stolen.
2: Yeah, some guy comes in, holds down, he's like, get out. Yeah. Bree's like,
1: oh, I love you, I'm about to kiss you. He's like, what the heck? The car gets stolen, and Bree claims that the aunt was walking by and took the car. Um. Well, as unrealistic as this moment was, oh my god, were the three of us laughing.
2: It was so funny. It was a great scene. This was the scene, I think, where, Jesse, you actually said, I felt so anxious and it was hilarious at the same time. Because it was, it was, yes, it was unbelievable, but it was so funny and so well played that I didn't care at
1: all. I can, I can 100% deal with ridiculous if it's incredible ridiculous. Yes. If it's, what is that for ridiculous? No, but that scene, mm-hmm. Great unbelievable. I really liked it but I'm wondering logistically how that's going to play out.
2: I mean, I think it was a smart move for her to say that it was Shelly versus saying that it was someone. Oh yeah, because he would have
1: gone to hunt Because then he would have gone after
2: him. So yeah, that was smart. Um, They have a lot of loose ends. I'm sure we'll get to predictions where I'll bring them up but this definitely could be one of those.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, The person I feel like we haven't really talked that much about is how Susan's dealing with this whole thing, um, also Lynette and Tom, mm-hmm. a little bit how Susan's dealing with this whole thing, and and how it's affecting her marriage because it's a secret between them. Yeah, uh, we we really see it come out with the burial of the hamster cupcake.
2: Yeah, sorry, this certain sort kind of I'm, this kind of bothered yeah,
1: me. I totally get that.
2: They recently and last season they've just been portraying Susan as like. The innocent little lamb who, like, got sick, and she's the one struggling the most with the guilt, and it's breaking her down, and she can't talk to any of the other women, and it's ruining her marriage. Like, get it? But I I just remember,
1: like, the old Susan, who I felt like had a lot more backbone than she's been having. The, you mean the naked, on-camera, dusting thing Susan to save or- yeah. Or just
2: something. And, like, it's just been like, oh, she's so weak and fragile. And let's, like, pick her up and comfort her all the time, Susan. That's the interpretation I'm getting. And we saw that. She breaks down over, like, bearing a hamster in class. It's, like, saying all these ridiculous things to these little kids. But I'm just, like, I kind of wish it would be, like, I don't know. What if they, had, like, I kept thinking, like, what if they had switched it? What if it was, like, Lynette who was the one who couldn't handle it? Even though Lynette's normally was the strong one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was just kind of like, I'm sick of, um, I want Susan to be stronger and not be
1: as like, oh, poor me. A hundred percent. And I don't really know why they've done that. Why have they made Susan? If you take all these women from the beginning and now look at them, like Bree's changed. I totally see the reason. Or... Gabby's changed. Gabby's changed. Or the Lynette and... And Tom have changed. And all of them have, most of them, I would say, have gained things.
2: Gained things. Yeah. Susan's, Susan's lost a lot. Yeah. Um, but I guess. Like she is a good mom. She's a good wife. Yes, that's very true. Right? But she's kind of just sad. I guess
1: that that happens to people, though. You know, I was looking at Desperate Housewives this episode and I was thinking, well, that's a little unrealistic now that Bree's not married anymore and that Lynette and Tom are getting a divorce. But. 50% of couples in America get divorced. True. And that's that's a statistic. That's legitimate. And I was like, why is everybody's marriage falling apart? Because people's marriages fall apart. Why has Susan gotten weaker? Because people get weaker. Because some people get weaker. And we can't just have everybody.
2: True. You can't have everyone just keep rising. Right. It doesn't
1: work that way. At the same time, I don't love the twist her character has made. But I, I do think it is a realistic one. Yes. But I I as well would like to see her step up to the plate. And a little bit at the end, we did. True. A
2: little bit at the end. she went up and stood up for her marriage and walked out the door and went to the barbecue.
1: Yep. There wasn't much
2: of a barbecue, by the way.
1: I know. But then realized eventually and said out loud, we're never going to be able to tell anybody this, are we? Mm -hmm. And Gabby says, are you going to be able to live with that? And she said, I'm going to try. And at the end of the day, that's really all she can do yes but it sucks because a secret in a marriage well i'm not married so i don't really know but a secret in a in a relationship it's it's a wall it is
2: definitely and uh, i do like how they kind of break that broke that wall at the end of this episode because right before they had this really serious conversation where susan's like realizes it what triggered all that was them falling in the pool and that was really just so Desperate housewife style. Have this funny, ridiculous moment. Where Gabby that leads, jumps on Yes, and leads them to an actual conclusion. Yeah. And I do relate to that because I think that does happen. I think you get pushed to the point sometimes where you do something ridiculous and you're like, why are we doing that? Yeah. Because there's a truth behind it. And so I thought that was really good.
1: It was funny. Bree jumps in the pool and you're like, why did you just jump in the pool? But, but then it kind of works. and then, then it, I was like, I don't really care. You guys look cute in the pool. And then they get out, and they're all drenched and wet and having a real conversation mm-hmm. and looking like real people. Yes. They, you know, makeup aside, minus the eyeliner you pointed out on. Evil Longoria. She's just so beautiful, though. She doesn't even need it. But, yeah, so I think that we should talk a little bit about... Speaking Lynette, of marriage, maybe, too. Speaking of mm-hmm. marriages... Lynette and Tom. I mean, we mentioned how he's not living home anymore, um, but this is something I really related to. Do you want me to describe it for you? Oh, no, no. We can keep my personal life aside here, but the um, using of men for uh, comfort and um, sexual favors when that's not really long-term what you want from them,
2: but when that's what they want from you. Um,
1: okay, so... Hmm. hmm. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> no, but so, Lynette has a nightmare. She has a nightmare about Gabby's dad. Yes. And she's scared, so she runs into Tom, runs over to Tom, and instinctually, instinctively starts kissing him, which, of course, leads to them having sex. They're still a married couple. There's still something there. I, I wrote down very early on in this episode... Above all, they're best friends. Mm -hmm. They're best, and they work awesome as best friends. They get each other. Their witty banter is undeniable.
2: And the fact that he would even put up with this ridiculous thing of running across the street every morning so they could like hide it for a little while from their kids that they're separated. Because she has asked him to
1: do that. Yes. Because they do care about each other. Yeah, they do. Of course, you're not married that long. You don't have that many kids if you don't care about each other. It doesn't happen. Uh, Even if you end up getting divorced. It's not because you don't love each other at that point. It's not because you don't care. It's because something changed or something didn't work. And in this case, I don't believe that what changed is better now. It was that Tom—it it, it was a power struggle. Tom was working all the time. Lynette was used to being on top. They they both—it's a constant battle. And The relationship was all fighting. And I don't think that was going to get better. Tom was saying, there's a lot we need to work through. And Lynette realizes— no, it's just not going to work.
2: Lynette was not down for the trying again.
1: Right. And I'm not sure where that will go, and we can talk about that in predictions mm-hmm. also. But is it fair that she did that? It was a slip-up. And you kind of see the guilt in her face at the end. Oh, we're getting to the scene yeah. right now on Scream where She comes running over. But, yeah, you see her face, and he's saying, we can work on this, and her face is just, uh-uh.
2: In the situation, I pity Tom.
1: You do? I do. Like, he was, like,
2: excited. Like, you know, he didn't ignite this. He didn't really ask for it. And he went for it because he thought it meant something else. Right. So I, I do pity him. I Am I him. like, Lynette, you're the worst person in the world? No. You were married for forever. Things happen. No, you're not the worst person in the world. But in the situation, I pity Tom.
1: I, I totally agree. I feel really bad for him. His feelings are getting toyed with. But... That was so not her intentions. That doesn't justify it at all. It just says she's not a bad person. She did something that was not The
2: only thing you could say, though, is that she didn't think
1: about how he felt. She wasn't thinking about him at all. She was
2: was selfish. uh, Yeah, exactly. And there is some fault in there. And that's where the pity comes from, is that he wasn't being selfish and
1: she was. So it hurts him. But the best part of that is one time I think it needed to happen. Agree. Because it was never he was never gonna move past it and she was never gonna let him go. Yeah. And now they You know, there's certain things it was mutual at the end deciding to tell the kids. He he brought it up, but she went with it.
2: Yeah. It was kinda I felt like a little bit that like she heard him enough that he could realize. She Oh. You know, there was a there was a tinge of that like oh, if you're really going to do this right. to me, we can move on. And they did sit down the kids, and that's how they left the note. Well, they sat down two-fifths two of, yeah. of
1: the kids. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't need them to grab the baby from upstairs, but Call the, other other, ones? the other two sons? I mean, at least, I don't know. Yeah. Strange, but at least they're doing it, and I think yeah. that is good. I, I think that's good, too. Uh, hard. It's really hard. Uh, can't even imagine. Unfortunately, right before school, not the best timing. But h- how long do you push something like that off for?
2: And that's and they mentioned that in the episode. There really is no good timing. They mentioned barbecue this week, basketball game the next week. It's always going to be a bad time for bad news.
1: So. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I I don't know because I don't know because I'm not a parent who's getting divorced, but that it's really hard to pick a time. But I know as a kid. I could say that about any time. Oh, why did you say that? Tell me at the worst time. We're so busy; we always have stuff going on. You you got to suck it up and do it. Yes, it's, it doesn't make it any better depending on when you tell somebody. So, yeah, and I, I really don't know where they're gonna go with their relationship. I do know that I miss them as a couple, though. Yes, I do because, as I'm saying, it they shows are that friends.
2: they were a good couple because of the first friends, thing. right?
1: And and that the time they spent together was worth it because they did work for years. They were, they worked, and they did have kids, and that's worth it. But it just sucks now. I'm getting emotional about it. Maybe we should, you know. I, mean, I think we need to move on to a commercial. <laughs> that's you, Jesse. Jesse.
0: Want to find out what the Afterbuzz is about? Genesis is a drama queen. This yes. is the divide that is going to carry the series. Give us a call. 424-256-1729. 424-256-1729. It's television,
1: and they want it to be as dramatic as possible. I mean, it's serious. You never know what goes on behind closed doors.
0: Find out why Afterbuzz TV is the number one source for after-show content. Now, in the eyes of Jimmy... Ducky is a villain. 424-256-1729. Four, 424-256-1729. I mean, who would
1: you guys rather hear that from? Your husband or your best friend? <laughs> the
0: wig. The wig Don't will that wig. When the TV show is over, get your after buzz on.
1: Moving into predictions. Ooh. That was my prediction sound. Again, Jesse, that's you. <laughs>
3: so realistic. <laughs> now, you After Buzz TV
2: Predictions. Okay, so should we start with relationships
1: or crime drama? Uh, okay, I'm I'm going to just say overall relationships, I guess. But I really don't know what to predict. I need you to carry me right now and Let's see. And I'll build I'll build off of you. I think Bree and the detective are actually going to go... Good. They're gonna go well.
2: Yes. I think that's gonna be like a good one for her. Um, new guy on the block. I think he's going to I think Renee's gonna make like a mission to like get him in bed and then he's gonna find someone else, which may I think
1: he's gone with Lynette.
2: Definitely a possibility. Yep. Um Gabby and Carlos. Do you see them staying
1: strong? Oh yeah, definitely. I think that uh it was a really touching moment at the end of the episode. Where she said that to him, that what he did was okay. Yes. I think they're a great couple. I don't think anybody else could put up with her crap the way he does. I don't think people could put up with his crap the way she does. Uh, I think they're, yeah. And I'm going to phrase my next question this way
2: How soon do you think Mike's going to find out about the murder?
1: Um, I think it's actually going to come out of Carlos's mouth, um, and that that's going to be a really difficult between him and Susan because I think Carlos is going to really need a friend, a guy to talk to. And he obviously can't go to detective. Yeah. Um, I think that that's what's going to happen. I would predict probably in, in six to ten episodes. Do you think that um, Tom is ever going to find out?
2: Um, I think everybody's going to find out. Okay. And then about the crime one, this is my thing. I think that there are going to be two things that could be hints. One, the cell phone. It said home. They It rang in the grave. Obviously, I think it has something to do. You don't just put that in a scene for no reason, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. So, and I think it's also interesting that they read off that it said home. Because, like, it's who Gabby's it? father. Who is his Exactly. Home? Like, who is it? Like, is he still with her mom?
1: And wh- And why didn't Gabby say... Like, what, what does home mean to her? Does he have a new family? Does she know who they are?
2: Yeah. So that's a really big one. Also,
1: the car. I mean, do we think we're done with that? No way.
3: No, that was a setup.
1: Yeah, definitely yeah. a setup. I mean, I, th- like I was predicting before, I think that the car is going to get found. The guy who stole it is going to get found. He's going to get be charged with murder, probably by Breeze detective. And the women are ha- going to have to decide whether to come clean or not.
3: Wait, but then if that's the case, which I would. Wait, you said who's gonna get char- charged with it, Carlos? No, I'm or the guy who stole the guy who stole it. the car. Well, because I'm gonna, I was gonna say, how are they going to explain Aunt Shelley?
1: Yeah, they're not gonna be able to. They're gonna, I don't know. Maybe they'll say that the car was stolen from Aunt Shelley. I don't think that's the route they'll go, though. I think that I think they'll come clean.
3: Yeah, I, I definitely see this being a bomb on Wisteria Lane. Yeah, but I also want to say this to you guys. Throw this out there the new guy on the block. Mhm. What about you, you it? You guys are rooting for you guys love Lynette and Tom. Uh, uh, I don't
1: know if I think Lynette and Tom should Could end be up together. they married, but I do I loved them as a couple at the beginning. I don't know if they are fit together anymore. I really don't know. And I if if they don't fit together anymore, we'll have to see them a little more interact then I would like to see Lynette with somebody.
3: Cuz I was going to say Watching them, like, run back and forth, like, in the morning, it was really cute. She hit her foot on the thing. Yeah. It was like, they have fun goofiness. They're best friends. They're best friends. So I'm wondering if they have a breakup and Lynette goes, because the the guy... Goes with
2: someone else and he gets jealous? Well, no, no, no. Or she realizes? The new guy
3: on the block, he seems like he's, like, a really decent, nice guy. Yeah. And I wonder, because there have been times where, in real life, I know girls, they go for the, they go in their breakup. They go with the guy who's really nice. He's everything that you could ever want. Ever want, but... It just isn't Yeah,
2: Yeah. We'll see. Definitely a possibility. Been there, done that. And I just want to say, what I want to give one credit to Roxy before we go. We were watching this episode. You were predicting things left and right. I just think you deserve some credit. We're sitting on the couch. She goes, they're in the stick shift car. She goes, they're going to get pulled over by the cop. All of a sudden, the tire goes off. She goes, it's going to be the detective. All of a sudden, just text. goes up. We're in the car, and she did say she goes. He mentions the tobacco, and she goes, "Oh, it's Bree's going to eat it." Oh, and then Gabby did, but still, you were no, so. I said cl- Gabby's going to eat it. No,
1: you said Bree. No, and then I it ge- was Gabby. I definitely said Gabby. Are you kidding? He would have known if Bree ate tobacco. Fine. But, maybe you thought. But giving, maybe
2: you thought Gabby, but you said Bree. Well, you're, you're giving you had me a credit, lot of credit. You're
1: giving me credit, but I will say sometimes if I can predict a lot, it bothers me. In this case, it didn't. So I was just glad. But what's even more annoying is when somebody keeps predicting things out loud. So I'm going to... No, I thought it was hilarious. I I like it it when you do it. You know, when you are seeing a movie for the first time and somebody else has seen it and they're like, oh, this part's the best. You you can't believe what's going to happen next. You're like, shut up. Shut up. (laughs) It's kind of like that. But I'll try to keep my mouth shut.
2: All right. We'll save it for predictions at the yeah. end,
1: so predictions. The only thing I think we haven't really covered are the predictions that we saw for next week. Um, so, it we see um, a note in Bree's mailbox saying, "I know what you did. It make, it makes me sick. I'm going to tell." Which is how this show opens, uh, and it's a note to um, to Paul Young about killing. Mary Alice. And we believe, if memory serves
2: correct, that it was origi- the original For, note.
1: was from Felicia. Who is Beth's mom, who was in last season. Who is Mary Alice's sister. Yes. We will 100% be sure next week. I want to go back and watch that episode. But that's what I'm saying about this full circle.
2: It's the sandwich effect. They do it episode by episode, season by season, and I think and they're doing it and series it works. by series.
1: It's great. And they don't need to change it, and it works. And every time they begin the episode with the voiceover, and I go, huh, why did they just say that? They end it, and they, it clicks. And I'm like, oh, got it. Always. Same thing with the notes. So now we have to figure out who this one's from. Yeah, it's seems Who knows? Could it be from the same person?
2: Maybe, oh, maybe How not. about
3: Renee?
1: I don't... She was acting so normal with the girls all week. I don't think she would
2: do that to Brie. Not to mention, I feel like she's such a blabbermouth that she would talk to them and not to, like, the police or anything.
1: Considering the words, I believe that it is probably from the same person. And it's also
2: someone who at least knew about the note in the first place.
1: I don't really remember what happened with all those characters, where, like, with Paul and with Felicia and where... Where they, everybody is, uh, so I'm. Um, I need a. I need to go back and, and recap. Rel-
2: we think Fel- Well, Felicia's out. Right,
1: she's out and about. But she ran away and and remember she uh, had some. We'll have in to read re- look yeah. up her again next week. That we'll, we'll come back with for sure predictions and and a little more knowledge on all of this
2: on the past note and on where they're located. Yeah, but we
1: okay. So we also see. Carlos, who is suffering with a little bit of ED, um, for those of you who have never heard of that, erectile dysfunction. It actually came up in a conversation I was having earlier today, and somebody hadn't heard of it, so I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there, or that's where we're assuming. And, and Gabby turns and says, oh, don't worry, honey, it happens to everybody, and he looks mortified.
2: And then we proceed to see a stripper pole.
1: And then, yeah, we proceed to see Gabby taking stripper lessons, pretending to be born in 92. I was born in 91 and I'm 20. So this this person's 19. Gabby, you look young. You don't look 19. No. No no you don't. And I
2: don't think you want to look 19. Oh no,
1: that would be weird. That yeah. would be really weird. Look your age and rock it. You look sexy. But um usually a lot of times ED can come from feeling like so stressed and all the time and
2: they can just look at these ads that are playing if you're not you' watching us and Victoria's Secret ads on things.
1: Yeah. I mean, no, look at your wife. She's she's gorgeous and, and that's not usually the problem. So, yes, true. so I, I feel bad when secrets start to affect in all seriousness, it sucks if something starts to affect your sexual life. That shouldn't be exact uh shouldn't be yeah. affecting it, but they're gonna so have to deal with
2: it. And they'll have a fun, quirky way to do it. So right. that's good. It'll add some funny with some serious We
1: also saw Susan getting arrested. Uh but I oh, for kicking over a motorcycle or something? I or hitting know. a motorcycle? I, I didn't really understand for what. Um, hopefully that will mean we see the edgier Susan a little more.
2: Or maybe it's just going to mean that everyone thinks she got arrested because she admitted something. But it really all it was was a car accident and then someone blabs to someone for when they totally didn't need to.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I th- I think that they, they gave us a lot this episode as opposed to a lot of... Uh, season premieres. This one was awesome and gave us a lot, but I don't really know where we're going.
2: We're going good places. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh,
1: We will be back here next week doing the same thing, watching the same thing. Jesse, for the first time tonight on time with your cue. <laughs> Woo! Messed up, Jesse. Just Jessie. kidding. You're the best, Jesse, with good input and good questions. Oh, anyway, next week we will be here. You guys better be here. I'm gonna cry now thinking about Tom and Lynette. I can't think about anything else but relationships.
2: You have oh. to hold on, hold on for one minute.
1: I know. Seriously, more th- I'm really interested to see what happens.
2: No, it's gonna be great. It's and gonna we'll be have good. more people next week. Oh yeah, Who- Jesse, we
1: we have everybody coming next week. Yes, maybe. I
3: believe we have Derek and Heather coming.
1: Woohoo! Maybe we'll hold gangs yeah. back together. that will be awesome. interesting.
3: to Get Derek's take on this. <laughs>
1: Derek yeah, killer. definitely.
3: Because he's been a fan since. The-
1: he is. A yeah, fan. we we we're, we're super fans here, so we we think it's gonna go well. We hope it's gonna go well. I'm sure it will go well. See you next week, everybody. Yeah.
0: From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network.